0: age 23, a young Lutheran layman took the initiative to introduce me to a Jewish book my rabbi didn't want me to read. That Jewish book was the New Testament. Did you know the New Testament was Jewish? Hello? Matthew was? Jewish. Mark was Jewish. John was Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. The first followers of Jesus were Jewish. There weren't many Lutherans back then. (laughs) Did you know that? And Jesus never stepped foot in a church. Did you know that too? He went to the synagogue. He observed the biblical festivals, the Sabbath, sundown Friday to Saturday, Passover, Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And we only have in the whole Bible one reference to the festival called Hanukkah. It's found in the Gospel of John, found in the 10th chapter, starting at verse 22. It reads like this. Then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple courts in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were gathered around him kept saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Those of you with Jewish friends, how many of you have been asked by your Jewish friends, if Jesus is the Messiah, tell me plainly? Seeing no hands and none were expected. Because today, the issue of who Jesus is is already resolved in the Jewish community. Resolved? He's not the Messiah. How do we know? We're still waiting. How do we know? Our rabbis tell us. How do they know? Well, when the true Messiah comes, this world will be different. The lion will lay down with the... Oh, you know that part. Swords will be beaten in two. You know that also. Now, have you been reading your newspapers lately or watching the news on TV? Can we say that lions are laying down with lambs today? Probably not. Can we say that swords are being beaten into plowshares? Definitely not. Therefore, our rabbis conclude the Messiah hasn't come yet in anybody in the past, doesn't fit the bill because lines aren't laying down with lambs and swords aren't being built into plowshares, and our people have been called of God a chosen people. You know that, right? Do you know what we were chosen for? We were chosen to be a light to the Gentiles. How many Gentiles do we have here tonight? Let me see your hands if you're Gentile. That just means you're not Jewish. How many Gentiles do we have here? Okay. We were chosen to be a light to the Gentiles. That is, we, the Jewish people, were called to say to you all, there's just one God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that one God is best revealed in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But I didn't know that because nobody told me. Hanukkah today, the festival, is a remembrance of a time in Jewish history, about 150 years or so before Jesus was born, where a wicked king named Antiochus Epiphanes caused the desecration of the temple at Jerusalem. He caused a pig to be sacrificed on the altar outside the holy place. He caused images of himself and Zeus to be erected inside the Holy of Holies. And he forbade the Jewish people to practice their faith at all. Utter desecration. And his name himself, Antiochus Epiphanes, meant that he claimed to be God. What a terrible thing. But God raised up a small band against the mightiest of armies in those days, the small band, the family of the Maccabees, who took on this mighty army in a guerrilla war, and guess what? They won. And now they had the job of re cleansing the temple and rededicating it so that it might be fit for use for worship one more time. Let me read a little further. Jesus answered those who asked the question then. I told you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify of me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given it to me is greater than all. No one will snatch them out of my Father's hand. Now listen to this next statement. I and my Father are one. And again, the Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. Jesus said, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. This is one of the great ironies in Scripture. The issue over Hanukkah was a man, Antiochus Epiphanes, claiming to be God. And now Jesus comes on the scene, and it is clear, and if anybody ever wonders, did the Jewish people understand he was claiming to be God, picking up stones to stone him, indicated they understood that he indeed was claiming to be God But the irony was this. Antiochus was a man claiming to be God. Jesus was God who chose to become man. Did you understand what I just said? Jesus is God who chose to become man. I didn't know about that for 23 years. And then I started reading and I was shocked because I had some misimpressions as to what I was going to find. I thought what I first was going to find when I turned to the New Testament was the understanding about how you really put up a good Christmas tree. (laughs) I mean, isn't that what the season's about? People asking already, are you ready for Christmas? Got your shopping done? Got your tree up? And I figured somewhere... In the New Testament, early on, I was going to find the mystery to where that strange little Easter bunny came from and those Easter eggs that people hunt for. And I didn't find any trees, Santa Claus, Easter bunnies, Easter eggs, but I found the gift. Hanukkah today has become a time of gift giving. This year begins on the 16th. Of December at sundown and uh, your Jewish friends will be celebrating. It is a minor festival in Jewish life. That means you don't stop work like you would at Passover or Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. And the minor festival surrounds the celebration of the lighting of lights. I'm holding up what is called a Hanukkah menorah or a Hanukiah. You notice it's a little different from the regular menorah that was used in the temple. The menorah in the temple had seven lights. God ordained and directed it. The Hanukkah, you'll notice, has nine candles or nine lights. On the first night of Hanukkah, we have one put in the highest place, the shamish or the helper, and then one candle placed. And on the first night, the shamash is lit. And then the shamash is used to light the first candle, the second night two, the third night three, and so on through the eight nights of Hanukkah, adding light to the darkness that surrounds us. And this is done in remembrance of a miracle that took place. And the miracle that took place was once the temple had been cleansed for reuse once again, It needed to be dedicated. And the word Hanukkah is the word dedication. So the celebration that took place on the 25th of the Hebrew month Kislev, which is in the December time, was not the celebration called Hanukkah back then, but it was a delayed celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles, an eight-day festival. Today, however, we remember this great victory that God gave and a miracle, because when they went to find the proper kosher oil to light the lights for the temple, they found only enough oil for one day. But today at Hanukkah, we say a Hebrew phrase, Nes Gadol Hayashom. I'm going to have you say that with me. First, Nes Gadol. Shom. And that means a great miracle happened there. And the miracle was the oil, sufficient for just one night, continued for eight nights, enough time to go, secure the proper oil, return and bring it back that it could be used daily for the services that took place at the temple in Jerusalem. Neskedol hayashom. Hanukkah was never a time of gift-giving, but because today little Jewish children, see all of the Christian children getting all of these gifts and toys and packages, they made a stink about it, and they complained, or as we say in Yiddish, they kvetched. How come they get and we don't? So now today at Hanukkah, eight nights of gift-giving, small gifts but gifts, Nevertheless, my late wife, Jan, and I have been blessed with five children, Mika, Sarah, Noah, Seth, and Lizzie, who at this time are 35 down to 26 years of age. And people would ask about the Cohen home. So which do you have in your house today as Jewish believers in Jesus? Do you have Hanukkah or do you have Christmas And my kids would look and smile and say, yes, we do. (laughs) We get both. Because after all, Christmas really is a Jewish holiday. Remembering the birth of the Jewish Messiah. As I read through that New Testament the first time, Quite honestly, I really didn't want it to be true. It would be somewhat awkward and inconvenient. What would family think, you know? What would friends think? What would the rabbi say? But I learned one straightforward truth. There is just one God, and he has revealed himself in his word, and his word is true. How many here believe God's Word is true? Let me see your hands if you do. God bless you. More and more today, people are doubting that, questioning that. Well, maybe it contains some truth, or or, or maybe there's a little truth hidden here or there, a little nugget that I can pick up on, or maybe it's a nice book for morality. But God's Word is true. And in John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by? Hard words, right? Hard words. No one comes to the Father but by me. Many of you have Jewish friends here. Just out of curiosity, in the last year or so, how many have taken the initiative to speak with your Jewish friends About Jesus. Can I see your hands, please? One, two, three, four, five. God bless you. One more than the average. I'm privileged to be in about 45 churches a year across the country. And no matter the size of the community, most everybody knows somebody Jewish, and the average is four. But most members today are reluctant to speak with their friends about Jesus. I experienced that personally growing up, surrounded by Christians, and for 23 years never hearing once the truth that Jesus is the way, truth, and life. When it was brought to my attention lovingly through the prayers of a Lutheran layman and when I read God's word for myself it became evident the issue was not about Jewishness the issue was about sinfulness and I had to come to a point in my life where I understood that my sin stood as a barrier between my God well what is sin some people ask me well, God gave a few commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai. Do you remember that? How many commandments did Moses receive on Mount Sinai? Ten? Any other guesses? 613? That's the right answer. Ten were written down on tablets of stone. Everybody knows about those ten. You all saw the movie with Charlton Heston in and, you know, carrying them down. 613 commandments, 248 positive, one for each bone in the body, 365 negative, one for each day of the year. How many of those 613 commandments did God tell Israel to keep? All. How much of the time? All the law, all the time. Do I have a volunteer? We can't. But today, we can say something just a little different from Gadol Hayashom, because that means a great miracle happened there. The dreidel is used in Jewish homes during the Hanukkah season. It's a little top, sometimes made out of wood, sometimes made out of clay. This is an ornament that my wife has garnered, and it has the four Hebrew letters, a nun, a shin, a gimel, and a hay for Neskadol Hayashom. And um, you spin it and play with chocolate candies and see who can get the most and eat them during that time. We call it Hanukkah Gelt. And if you go online, Wikipedia, you can find the rules to play dreidel in your own home. And uh, it's a lot of fun to do that. But in Israel, if you were to find a dreidel, it would not say Neskadol Hayashom it would say, Neskadol Hayah Po. A great miracle happened here. And tonight I stand with you, and I say a great miracle happened here in my heart. Because when I confessed Jesus as my Messiah in 1973, following a loving, Prayerful invitation from my Gentile Lutheran friend to read a Jewish book that God extends to all of us. God's Spirit showed me what was true and called me to go and encourage others like you to speak to others too. Most Christians today tell me that there are certain issues they face about not sharing, that they didn't want to upset somebody or they don't want to risk a relationship, or they're afraid somebody might raise an eyebrow or might even consider that I'm one of those religious fanatics. Dun, dun, dun. Well, let me ask a quick question here. How many here follow a professional football team here? What professional team do you follow here? Well, let me ask this question. Do we have any Green Bay Packer fans here? Raise your hand if you're a Green Bay Packer fan. One, two. In every church, in every country, every land, every state, even in Portugal, there are Green Bay Packer fans. I've been to Lambeau Field. Not inside, but I've been there. Been to the church closest to Lambeau Field. Green Bay Packer fans are ubiquitous. They're everywhere. They wear the green and gold. They shout and scream, and these guys are crazy about getting into the games. Waiting tickets, waiting a line to get season tickets, 160,000 long right now. When you're born, your name gets put at the bottom of the list, and you hope you get up there. The pastor of the church I was just at a couple of weeks ago had season tickets. And he went to those games when he could and shared them with his family. But let me tell you, Green Bay Packer fans are not ashamed to show their joy and their enthusiasm for their team. They are willing to yell and scream and paint their bodies green and gold, even if somebody gets a touchdown and gets six points. They're not afraid to be considered a fanatic for sports. But for Jesus today, the world is trying to close us in, to dampen the message, and to silence the truth. And we shouldn't be buying into that. Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. But this is God's power for salvation. For all who will believe. Oh, by the way, he said, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. I've been doing this mission work for the last almost 40 years now, trying to reach out to my people and encourage and equip you all to do the same. And tonight, I'd like to give you a gift for this Hanukkah Christmas season. You have a flyer and an envelope from us. If you look at that for a moment, on the front of the envelope, there's a place for name, address, and email address. How many here have email? Can I see your hands if you have email? Terrific. Would you do me a kindness, please? Can you print, let me say that word once again, print neatly, name, address, email address on the front of the envelope. They'll be collected later on. Please do not put any money in the envelope. We're not here asking for money to support this mission. We're here to give to you something that is from me, one of the many books that I've written, and this one called beginning from Jerusalem. And i like to give this to you in electronic fashion so that you can freely share it with friends and family, and it'll enable you to understand more about Jewish people, Jewish roots, about witnessing to the Jewish people. And because I live right here in St. Louis, I want to personally make myself available to each of you to visit with your Jewish friends and help them to investigate who Jesus really is, that Jewish people might join with you and say, Neskadol Hayah Po. A great miracle happened here. Yes, there was a victory, and Hanukkah commemorates that. And we light the candles and spin the dreidel and eat potato pancakes as a remembrance of that. But Jesus himself at Hanukkah, the only mention in the whole of Scripture of this festival, claimed at that point clearly he is God. He is the Messiah. And dear friends, that's the message we must take to others boldly, lovingly, unashamedly, Because there's no second chance for anybody, Jew or Gentile, people who die outside of Christ, have no hope. But people who respond in faith receive the greatest gift of all. No gift under the tree can match it. Eternal life promised for Him. I'm going to chant the ancient Aaronic benediction and this blessing God gave to Moses to pass on to his older brother Aaron, the priest, to bless the people as they go. So with the saying of this benediction, we might, as we talk about the peace that was on this beginning video, recognize the greatest peace is found that Jesus gives. Bow your hearts and receive this blessing. Eva reca cardo nae vai shmarei kho ya de nae panabalake Shalom. May the Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord be gracious unto us. Lift up his countenance upon us. And may the Lord grant us his peace. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. In the name of Jesus, the Messiah. And all God's children said? God bless you. A blessed Hanukkah, Christmas, Advent season.